Hello, hello, my beautiful people. I have swapped my headphones over a couple of times, so I'm hoping this doesn't sound too crackly. Um, I'm Kitty O'Brien, and this is your Unconditioned Inner Magic Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I've gone back to my old headphones because I bought some Bluetooth ones, not Bluetooth ones, but the ones with the little microphone in the headphones, and I sound terrible, I, I believe. So I've gone back to my old ones and I'm hoping they, you know, we're, we're okay now. Um, I had to just talk into something that I've been experiencing lately. So it was my son's third birthday on, um, on the 8th of June. And for the first time ever, because it's normally all about him, isn't it? When it's your child's birthday, it's about the child. Like, <laughs> you know, it's the child's birthday. But I just sort of woke up and thought, my God, I've been through such a rebirth myself. Like, motherhood, like, nothing could have prepared me for motherhood. Like, and I don't think we talk about being reborn as a pet like as a person when we give birth to our child because it's almost like selfish to take the spotlight away it's like you've just given birth to this new being everyone celebrates that that child but we've really lost the olden ways where you know we were surrounded by a whole load of people in our lives you know that could have been other women of the village um it wasn't just midwife and doctors like it, when you look at the the older older days so like when you you gave birth at home or um you know going back further than that you know when we didn't have hospitals and stuff like that the woman was very much celebrated as well like now you pop your baby out and it's all over social media of like their pictures and stuff and what toys you've got them or what blankets or what you know what the nursery looks like and it's very much I don't know it's not like no one prepares you no no one prepares you for what it's really like to give birth because you are literally being reborn yourself you really are like I remember back I, I held I carried Harrison's heartbeat in my room I carried his heartbeat in my room and I gave birth to his first breath and I just feel like we've lost that a little bit. It's like I was literally ripped apart, quite literally. <laughs> I lost three liters of blood in 10 minutes and they took an hour stitching me back up. <laughs> I had, you know, third degree internal tears. And, but it changed me spiritually, physically and mentally. Um, you're holding this little life in your hands and and I naively thought, like, well, I've just given birth. It's been a three-day labor. Um, you discover pain on a whole different level. And you're pushing that baby out. I mean, he dived into the world, literally. Hands above his head, crossed over, like a diving position. Like, he dived into the world. Well, he got stuck on the way and they had to pull him out with forceps. But, like, my God, like, excuse the pun, did he make a splash in my life? And it was just, I, I just remember thinking, oh my God, that felt like it was a big thing they've just pulled out. <laughs> and um, the forceps weren't overly comfortable either. And then I was just listening for that first cry 
and I remember them like putting him on my chest and I was like by god this thing weighs a ton <laughs> I was a little bit in shock I was like the weight of him on my chest I can still feel it now and I was a little bit in shock and I was just like I just kissed his head and said I love you because I was I was like I I felt like I was in shock I mean I was I'd lost three liters of blood like I was bleeding out I was hemorrhaging so I really was in shock but then I thought like I've got to say something because everyone in the room is just staring at me <laughs> like, so um yeah and then I, I had my cuddle and they whisked me away and I just remember wanting him so badly like being apart from him was it made my heart ache and when I was pregnant with him I loved him from a place I never like loved someone before like I loved him with my whole life my whole being every fiber of my being and I hadn't even met him yet like I was growing him inside me like and then when he was born it was just being apart from him just being stitched back up it was it was like unbearable I mean I was at that point they had really loaded me up with painkillers and um and yeah, I just, I remember them wheeling me out and I was like, I want toast. I want, I want feeding because I hadn't eaten in nearly three days because they wasn't, they weren't sure if I needed a C-section and you can't eat when you're going to go in for like a C-section apparently. So I was freaking starving. I was like, give me my baby and give me food. <laughs> I'm going to breastfeed him right now. Like I really wanted him on my boob because that's just what I wanted in that moment. Like I had to have it. And I remember the surgeon going, no, you have to wait. And so I started screaming for the midwife. <laughs> she came running in and she wheeled me away. And I was like, I'm having my baby now. But I thought I'd get a good night's sleep. You know, I'd been in labor for three days, been through quite a traumatic experience. And I really needed some sleep because when you're pregnant, you don't sleep very well. And when you're in labor, you don't sleep either. <laughs> Like, you just don't. So I really thought I'd get a good night's sleep, you know, my eight hours. And then I was a bit shocked that Harrison was waking every two hours for boob. And then they wouldn't let me sleep with him in the bed. I wanted him in the bed with me and, you know, they had him in a crib beside the bed. But I really wanted to co-sleep and I couldn't. Because I would have just, like, let, let him suck on the boob the whole night and slept with him on the boob. You know, that's what I would have done. Because that's what felt right at the time. Um, I can probably hear a few people frowning and judging me, but you know, co-sleeping is actually something that most of the world do, just not England. And um, and I was so tired. I remember falling in and out of consciousness when I was breastfeeding him, and um, just waking up and someone staring at me, <laughs> one of the midwives, and I was just like, oh my god. But I'd never really thought about that time until this third birthday. And I think it's because I'm going through such a massive rebirth right now. And like, I've just not thought back to the labor and giving birth. I've just celebrated the fact he's been here. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I've not had sleep since really. <laughs> like Harrison has taught me sleep deprivation on another level. And he's also taught me patience on another level too. Um, but I didn't know I had this strength in me until he was born. And I never knew I could love something so much. I never knew it. And um, I'm very clued on with the fact that I've done lots of childcare qualifications and counseling qualifications in university. So sometimes I worry about like, oh my God, like, you know, the effects of my parenting on him. Like I know I love him 
and I, I do my very best, but sometimes we can still be really hard on ourselves and beat ourselves up. But yeah, just, I never thought about it all until his third birthday. Excuse me. I never thought about it until his third birthday. And I, I've really learned to surrender to some things as well. Um, being a Capricorn, I liked my routine, I liked my structure, and then this little man comes along and it's his routine and his structure, and my routine's out the window. So that was something I never, um, that's something I struggled with a little bit. Um, I really did, but it's all kind of come, like, I've been really thinking about it, about how I've changed in the last couple of days like really thinking about it and and I'm sort of like just feeling gratitude for me and appreciating me and and just really stepping into a, a whole new power like I motherhood is like an ever evolving process um, and I don't think we are held really and supported like we were in the olden days um, it's, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It really bloody does <laughs> take a village to raise a child. And when you're a single mum and it's just you, it is parenting on another level. It really is. Um, and also you might have a husband who's not present. He might be out working and you might be at home with the kids. But, but the fact that we don't have that womanhood and that unity around us and I guess I've been thinking about it not more because I'm part of something called a loom now I'm part of two looms and they are the most sacred beautiful places and it's all about supporting each other I mean I know they're not physically with me but the fact that we consistently show up for each other every single day um and if we can't show up we we drop in a sacred minimum to our group and we say hey can't make it today because of x y and z um, and I, I guess I'm stepping into a new phase of my life where I'm consistent. I feel like the last few years haven't been very consistent. <laughs> I've been learning so many different things. I've been, I've been, I have had so many challenges like court, um, a couple of court, different court hearings, um, you know, fighting for, um, domestic abuse in case of control victims going to parliament and speaking that like I've been stepping into a new power I never thought I could step into I never thought I would be here at this moment in time I mean if someone had said to me a couple of years ago you're going to be standing in parliament or invited to parliament and you're going to help change policies and procedures I would have gone <laughs> you're joking like parliament like parliament like the government like the <laughs> you know, the, the House of Commons, whatever it's called. Um, when I wasn't in the House of Commons, so to speak, I was in the buildings, the beautiful buildings. And um, uh, the Houses of Parliament, I should say, I was in, sitting at the head of a table, feeling very overwhelmed, but I did it. I spoke I spoke my truth. I didn't break down and cry I, like I thought I would. And I, I literally stepped into a new power. And everyone was really grateful and thankful that I was there and you know I had ministers say like if you ever want to reach out and talk to me do so so I was like wow this is like insane but also with like the psychic medium events like we have sold out on every event every event has sold out and that's just crazy 
that's just crazy. But I think a lot of my journey has been by myself. I've been by myself on my journey. And this is what's really beginning to dawn on me. I'm stepping into a new phase of my life where I consistently show up for myself. I am, but I'm also going to be a leader, like um, a doTERRA leader and an Enagic leader. And they are both businesses that evolve around a sisterhood, so to speak. Um, and it's just crazy. And I've also stepped into the loom. So it's like, it's like the laws of attraction. The minute you step into something and you're around that energy, you attract more of that into your life. So this is just crazy. Like, I'm not going to be alone on my little journey anymore. I mean, wow, <laughs> this is so amazing. Like, I've, it's not fun doing business alone. It's not fun being self-employed and you're alone all the time, essentially. And, but this is like self-employed on a different level. This is like self-employment, but through affiliate marketing, through being a part of a team, through like, even though I'll be a leader, everyone's my equal. There are no ranks, so to speak. I mean, there are ranks within the business, but everyone is there to share. Everyone is there to like um, celebrate each other. Like it's just, it's just so beautiful so beautiful and even with the do um the uh psychic medium events like i go with my friends i go with a team of girls and like tanya and, and the other girls and sally and stuff i love it it's so fun to work with people you love to work with and hang out with it's just so fun it's amazing and also like i can connect with whoever i want like I, I'm not limited to like working as a manager. I was whoever worked walked into the store and whoever was in my team, and you know very rarely did we connect with other stores and other staff. But this is like I can connect with people on the other side of the world. Like a lot of my connections are in Australia. Like isn't that amazing? It's just like the world is your oyster, and I am literally stepping into this new phase of life. And it all dawned on me on Harrison's third birthday like how much I've changed, how much I've evolved with him. It's like he's growing at a phenomenal rate, like children grow at a phenomenal rate. And then I'm like, oh my God, so am I. So am I. Like I'm growing to a place where I can hold large sums of money. Like hallelujah, I've not had that experience before. I've always been broke. My whole life I've been broke and in debt. And now I'm like, oh my God. In 36 months, I could have half a million pounds in my bank account. Like, holy shamoli. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is incredible. And it's also not feeling intimidated by those sums of money, but it's it's just being able to sit with it. And it's just so exciting. And what's exciting is, like, anyone can join me on my journey as well. Like, anyone. Just reach out and, like, you know, give me a message. Um, on my social media like it's it's just so exciting so so exciting and like I published my first book and I couldn't believe I did that in three months this <laughs> is crazy but then I'm a co-author in the second book and then I've been asked to co-author a third book like next year I'm gonna have another book I'll be doing another book I'll be publishing another international bestseller just it's just gonna be crazy like I'm gonna become a multiple multiple number one international best-selling author like 
drop the mic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just so, I'm so grateful for all these beautiful experiences. And it is through practicing gratitude. So, um, you know, and, and, and being consistent with it, forming new habits, doing the inner work. Um, I've done so much inner work. Like I have done since Harrison has born since Harrison's been born I have done more inner work on myself than I have done in the whole of my lifetime the whole of my lifetime over the last year I have done more inner work than I mean I mean well actually when I first fled domestic abuse in case of control I did a lot of inner work then don't get me wrong but this is I mean I inner work that was healing and understanding what I had been through and coming to terms with it and um learning red flags so to speak but this is just, this is just, you know, I mean, I'm doing so much inner work and I'm connecting with so many people. It's not a lonely little journey anymore. And um, I've got these beautiful oracle cards and, and I'm going to read you one because when like change can be very very intimidating it can be so intimidating and it's also when we change so much sometimes people start to question am I doing the right thing am I going down the, the right journey am I doing this am I doing that am I, do, am I making a big mistake should I just stay where I am and be safe and they almost grieve they almost grieve their old self like the old days sort of thing like when stuff happening stuff starts happening very quickly and we have to really lean into that fear and we've got to lean in to um you know the terror barrier as um, Bob Proctor would call it he called it the terror barrier and when you start leaning into that and you start doing stuff outside your comfort zone it can be freaking terrifying and people sort of tend to grieve their old life and want to go back to the person they were or you might have your relatives or friends going where's the old so-and-so I used to know where have they gone who is this new person standing in front of me so change you know brings a lot of things for people so I'm just going to get the page number if you wait one second number 64 so I was doing some cards the other day and this one kept coming up and the picture is of a woman and she's essentially giving birth to a snake and it's beautiful really she's got music all around her she's got flowers snake represents rebirth with the shedding of the skin and she's got tears as well and the hummingbirds are drinking her tears like their nectar because tears can act as a really big release as well like it's just really beautiful and her crying is actually represented by musical notes it's like music so, and the card is called, When Grief Breeds Creativity. Right. So, this is for anyone who's going through a really big change. I don't know what I've just done to my screen. Oops. Oh, there we go. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I stopped the recording for a second. Okay. Anyone who's going through lots of changes right now, and they're a bit worried. You've got this. We've got this. Okay, I'm here for you and I love you. Dear heart, you are being called into the depths of your emotions to experience a fuller range of you. This can cause discomfort as you dive deep within, grieving a part of you or your life that is dying in this process. But as you move through the threshold of pain, there is new birth awaiting. Trust this process. 
Grief is a catalyst for great transformation. If you were not ready for this moment, it would not be arriving. This moment is cracking open portals for more joy, love and creation. For For the deeper you go into the depths of your heart, the more expanse of love you will be able to witness and hold. You are here to experience the deep, vast and wild ocean that is your heart. This is where the seeds of your creations are born and there is so much wanting to be birthed from this moment. Allow the vulnerability of your love to express itself however you are guided. And what wants to be written down from the depths of your heart, what wants to be written down from the depths of your heart at this time. Allow it to spill out in rivers of potential, filling pages with your story. For your story is an inspiration to others and will help them feel less alone as they move through their own initiations of life. Have the courage to swim in all of it, however messy, intense or painful this time may feel. The light of your love will always sustain you, even in the darkest moments. So the little ritual for this is, close your eyes and connect to your breath. Bring your awareness to your heart. Call upon the spirits of the rains by stating the following. I call upon the rain spirits to wash over me, to cleanse and nourish my heart. Imagine rain washing over you and filling your heart with liquid streams of light. Rest in this energy for a moment. Now bring your awareness to your sacral chakra or womb. From this space, visualize all the things you are ready to birth into the world, all the seeds of creation that are now ready to sprout. Send this abundance, creative. Send all this abundance, creative energy up into your chakras. You can imagine this as light, or like a plant growing up from your sacral chakra to your crown. Feel into this expanse of energy. Take your time, and when you are finished, give yourself a big hug and honor your needs, however they arise. And it's really interesting how they talk about grieving oneself, and how I just spoke about you grieve yourself and want for you know the past days. When you first become a mother, you know, like you don't really appreciate the freedom you had. Like you can just walk out the house when you're, you know, when you're not a mum. You can just literally pick up your shoes, pick up a bag and coat, whatever you want, and just walk out the house. When you have a child, it's like you're packing for the blooming military, and you've got to make sure they've got everything, and it's all about their needs. Or you plan it around their nap time, or when they've just. I had a drink or when they've had their bottle but when they get over like with Harrison and we've been potty training it's like right got to sit in the potty first got to bring x y and z in case we have an accident where are we going how far is it do they have toilets do I need to bring the portable potty like it's just on another level like, have you got snacks always always bring snacks okay because a hungry child is not a happy child <laughs> but like you have to literally make sure like you got everything and things take so much longer so much longer like things seem to take forever just to get moving you can't just pop off to the shops quickly and knit back you know and also like when I first left Harrison with my mum and I went food shopping alone right I kept feeling like I'd left something behind like I had lost something but it was just because Harrison wasn't with me but I also want to say like I thought in that moment people looking at me would not know I was a mother or not complete strangers looking at me would have no idea how many kids I had or of where they were if I was a mother so the changes are just profound they really are but then when you have them you cannot cannot do without them like Harrison is the center of my strength and I love him with all my heart so 
But anyway, guys, I'm going to tie this up and it's just some revelations I've been having and some experiences I've been having. So I thought I'd share them with you. And yeah, reach out to me on social media if you want to have a chat. That's fine. And um, I can't wait to um, put the link to my new website down. I have to actually finish rebranding it first. So I need to schedule some time in and be consistent. And um, I love you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful day or evening or afternoon, wherever you are. Bye.